Hello, it's David here. Thanks for listening to The Leader. This podcast is recorded on the day of release, so we're bringing you some of the earliest available analysis on the biggest stories, as well as exclusive reporting. Please hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Mars, and the Prime Minister is expected to say you should go back to the office. But how many people actually plan to do that? A third of London office workers will not be coming back to their desks by the end of the year, which is an incredible number and a huge amount of spending power that will be lost to the central London economy. Jonathan Prynne on a poll showing widespread fear of returning to desks and what it could mean if our city centre stays empty. And Vice have also said they've spoken to a hacker who said they paid a Twitter employee in order to change the email address of the accounts of people like Kim Kardashian. Tech journalist Amelia Heathman, was the Twitter hack an inside job? Taken from the Evening Standard editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, hands up if you want to go back to the office. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The Chinatown you know is one of London's busiest and noisiest places. It's all crowds, music and vendors selling street foods from stalls and shop windows. This was how it sounded in January this year, when coronavirus was just something people were beginning to hear about. But the Chinatown you know isn't there anymore. Even after lockdown restrictions were lifted, the streets that make up that normally bustling quarter are almost empty during the day. Clearly there are no tourists, but Londoners themselves aren't coming into the city. And an exclusive poll for the Evening Standard shows lots of them have no intention of doing so any time soon. So that's fewer people buying lunches or even just popping into a newsagent for a bottle of juice. And our editorial column is warning that's a dangerous scenario. Imagine a disaster film where a boat is stranded in a river, drifting towards a huge waterfall. Those trapped on board know it is coming, 
the roar gets louder. They struggle to save themselves. What happens next? It's a bit like that with the jobs disaster being caused by coronavirus. For months we've known that a deep recession is on its way, but quick work by the Treasury has held back the pain. But not for much longer. Our exclusive poll suggests more than a third of London commuters who are now working from home do not expect to return to their offices before Christmas. But if people stay away from central London, they also stay away from all the things which link us together to make this city a powerhouse. They won't be there to eat out, shop, pop into a gallery or have a drink after work. Everything shrinks and there is a price to pay in jobs. How do we stop the cities emptying and the jobs being lost? Confidence. How do we get it? It will take clear rules to show that office work can be safe. Confidence breeds hope, and thanks to hope, we don't yet know how this disaster film ends. Well, we're expecting Boris Johnson to announce this week that people should be going back to their desks. But with our poll showing 8 out of 10 saying not feeling safe in an office space is a key factor in determining whether they will return, the Prime Minister may have his work cut out. Our consumer business editor Jonathan Prynne is here. And Jonathan, it's not going to be easy getting people out of the house and back into the office, is it? There's, there's no huge enthusiasm, I have to say. There's no stampede to, for people to get back onto crowded trains and uh, commute back to their offices um, as they did before the pandemic. The, the figures we've seen from, from polling that we're running today suggests that even by September, possibly only around 60% of workers will be uh, coming back into central London, rising to around two-thirds by Christmas and possibly 80% going into the into 2021. But that still means that a third of, of London office workers and uh, commuters will not be coming back to their desks by the end of the year, which, which is... Uh, an incredible number and a huge amount of spending power that will be lost to the central London economy. Yeah, the issues around the central London economy are becoming really quite stark. We've been speaking to people in Chinatown, which is a quarter of the city, which is in dire straits right now. It is. Uh, it's been absolutely terrible for Chinatown. They went into this before the rest of London because people started not to visit Chinatown when the first reports started emerging from Wuhan about how bad this uh, this epidemic was. And for whatever irrational reasons, tourists and visitors started not to go into Chinatown. And they saw it in their trading figures as early as sort of uh, late January, early February, when uh, sales crashed really, really quickly. And they just have never picked up. And what they're saying to us, what the traders are saying to us, is that even after the reopening of restaurants and shops and so on over the last few weeks, they haven't seen the response that they were hoping for. They haven't seen the recovery get underway. Footfall is, uh, in some cases, down 80, 90 percent. And um, it's just potentially devastating for an area of London that's usually so alive with visitors and tourists. And is this 
because, or at least partly because, there are just fewer Londoners themselves, not just tourists, but actual Londoners, going into the city centre, needing to pick up lunch, needing to get sandwiches, just that kind of random everyday footfall appears to have gone. It, it, it really has, and, and I don't think anyone really appreciates it, just how delicate that sort of economic ecosystem was that had built up to serve the needs of literally hundreds of thousands of, you know, well-paid, in many cases, commuters who, who brought their spending power into central London every single day and consumed coffees, sandwiches, pints after work, meals in the evening, theatre tickets, all the rest of it, all that day-to-day expenditure which they brought into central London, which has now dried up. And it, uh, I don't think anyone had quite appreciated just how dependent so much of the central London economy was on that sort of daily mobile army of people coming in to spend their hard-earned wages. Yeah, it's just the adding up of that three quid on a sandwich, a couple of quid on a coffee every day, isn't it, that build up to a huge part of, of London's daily economy. But can we make people go back? Can we persuade people to go back? How, what do we do? Well, there's two, there's two major obstacles that are going to make it really, really hard. One is that there seems to be no huge appetite for people to go back in anytime soon. They're worried. They're, they're scared. They've worked out that they can work from home. But also, it's a very practical issue. Many offices will only be able to operate at around 30 to 40% capacity and have any chance of maintaining social distancing. So even if 100% of people said, yeah, right, let's go back, uh, probably less than half of them would actually be able to get into their offices. There's a, there's a particular problem with tall buildings and lifts. We've had one estimate today suggesting that in some of the big skyscrapers in, in the city and Docklands, uh, the queue for the lifts where, where social distancing would have to be maintained could go for more than a mile. Uh, for people just waiting to get up to the 35th floor or, or whatever where their desk is. Next. Apparently nearly $120,000 worth of Bitcoin was sent, so people did kind of buy into this. Tech journalist Amelia Heathman unravels the Twitter hack mystery. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you. 
It's got passwords, two-factor authentication, emails get sent every time you log in from a new device. But somehow, someone got round all of Twitter's security to pull off one of the most high-profile hacks of recent times. Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Elon Musk and Kanye West were among victims of an apparent Bitcoin scam where their accounts were taken over and tweets sent appealing for people to send the cryptocurrency to a link. Our tech journalist Amelia Heathman has been looking at the story and Amelia, how did this happen? So, uh, Twitter has said that its internal systems were compromised last night by hackers to take control of accounts and tweet out links asking people to send Bitcoin to a specific account and make some money. Was this an inside job, Amelia? Well, according to Vice, who have been um, investigating the hack, various underground circles have been sharing screenshots of internal admin tools which have been allegedly used to take over the accounts and vice have also said they've spoken to a hacker who said they paid a twitter employee in order to change the email address of the accounts of people like kim kardashian uh, Barack obama bill gates so that then they could take control of them obviously this is kind of unverified at this point so we don't 100 percent know but given that it was such a massive job um people are really kind of worried about what those implications are at the moment So why were these high profile accounts hacked and not just ordinary common Twitter users? Well, I guess part of it is to do with the money. So um, all these different accounts were asking people to send a thousand worth of Bitcoin to their account and then they would get two thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin in return. Um, Apparently, nearly one hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin was sent. So people did kind of buy into this. But also, at the same time, it might not just be about the money. It might be about like the implications of being able to take control of a high-profile Twitter account and tweet out what you want. You know, imagine taking control of Donald Trump's Twitter account and the implications that could have. Um, so I think it's maybe they were just trying out and seeing what they could do. And that's just the issue. You know, Twitter says it's also looking into whether other malicious activity took place, such as access to private DMs. You know, imagine those implications. What can people do to secure their account? Well, um, if you're not a verified user, it's unlikely your account has been compromised. But, um, you know, with any internet hack, it always makes sense to change the password of that account that you're using. Make sure you're not using the same password on your other internet accounts and making sure that when you change the password, you're using a decent one. So not password one, two, three, which is still one of the most popular passwords in the world. And that's the leader. Amelia is also on the Evening Standards Tech and Science Daily Bulletin, a seven-minute update on the biggest technology news. Today also including mysterious so-called campfires found on the sun. It's updated at 1pm every day, and you can get that through your podcast provider or smart speaker. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>